This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, you're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense, the show all about personal finance, and I'm Sim Wee Boon. Seesawing markets are a fact of life. And while they don't come at the same time or in the same magnitude every year, in a year like 2022, with an ongoing war happening in Ukraine, central banks hiking rates, the pandemic still raging and disrupting supply chains causing many other issues, it's safe to say that we're in for a wild ride. So what do you do when markets are volatile? How do you make sense of it? Joining me to discuss this is Steve Lim, the Chief Learning Officer for Afin Huang Asset Management. Good morning, Steve. Now, let's start off with this. How should one approach investing in a volatile market? Um, the most conservative way to invest in a market is actually via dollar cost averaging. Say if you are a, a new worker, in, in the, you join the workforce uh, just recently and you don't have much savings, but you attended a financial management talk and you want to start contributing towards your financial objectives, be it marriage, be it uh, acquiring a house, set up a family or retirement, you would, the logical thing to do is to contribute a, a part of your savings, if there is any, okay, from your monthly paycheck towards uh, some kind of uh, investment plan, okay. That is probably one of the best way to start uh, any investment. If you are, if you are doing that, you have been doing that for a number of years or a number of months. Okay, this volatile, the current volatile market shouldn't bother you that much, uh, that much, because you are contributing a fixed amount towards a plan, whether the market is up or down. In fact, you will hope that the market is is down so that you you getting getting it cheaper, right? So that's the dollar cost averaging is one of the more common and also very powerful tool for us to invest, to achieve certain uh, financial objectives. Um, another way to do it is, uh, say you're, you're not a new worker, you are you have been in the market for, for quite a while, the job market for say 10, 15 years, you are in your mid thirties or in your forties. And for the last 10, 15 years, you have been extremely kiasu and, and you refuse to enter the market, you refuse to buy any investment products, you are just locking all the money in, in FT. And now you're staring at a market which is uh, which has already gone down quite a bit uh, from the all-time high. And you are apprehensive, you want to enter, but you don't want to enter at one go. This is what I call a staggered uh, portfolio allocation. Say you have 100,000 to deploy. Um, you don't want to one shot buy into any funds or any exchange trader fund or any sort of investment one shot, what you can do is to maybe stagger your investment over the next, say, two years or one year or two years. So the, you divide that 100,000 into, let's say, 24 months, okay? So every month you identify certain investment that you think is going to recover, okay? Then you de- you slowly deploy um, into a dollar cost averaging using the 100,000 over the, over the next two years. The advantage of this is you may think the market has dropped a lot, but you may not have bottom. Okay. So say uh, right now, as, as we know, 
Federal Reserve or US has just started um, QT, you know, quantitative tightening um, over the last two FOMC meeting. So they have raised the interest rate by, if I remember correctly, probably about uh, 75 basis point right now. And going forward, they are talking about more. So they may have a knock-on effect on the market, may actually drive it, uh, drive it lower. And you do want to put everything in, even with your 100,000 right now, you know, you, you have waited for, for long enough, <laughs> but you just want to put it all in. So we can actually stagger it. Okay. And what is the downside of this is if the market have found a bottom very quickly over the next few months, they started recovering. Okay. You probably be buying or uh, averaging in on the way up or the way on the way down. But we, we really, we really wouldn't know when, when the market is going to bottom. So that's, is, is, uh, to the fund manager is also a guesswork. Okay. We, we are fund manager. We also couldn't identify very sharply. I mean, that is the absolute bottom and all that. Of course, some fund managers can do it. Um, that, that's another method, staggered portfolio, um, uh, allocation. Okay. The other way to do it is you are already uh, sitting on say 100,000 and you are very edgy to deploy it. Okay. And you just want to go into the market um, and capitalize on the opportunity. By doing so, let's say you want to dump, you, you are not that old, you can withstand a bit of fluctuation, a bit of uh, drawdown of the portfolio over the next few years. Uh, you may just want to enter into equities, the one shot right now. Okay. Um, you can do that, but if the market hasn't found the bottom, your portfolio can potentially suffer um, some drawdown going forward. Okay, you could be looking at the market, you're looking at some funds or looking at some investment that has already dropped, say 80%. You know, let's say from 10 bucks, it has dropped to two. And you're very, very comfortable with the two bucks uh, uh, level to enter. But don't forget, uh, if the investment continue to drop from two to one, that's another additional 50% drop from your capital. So um, that's why if you're gonna do portfolio asset allocation, portfolio allocation kind of method, which is uh, what I, I just mentioned, having a lump sum to deploy, um, it's better to have a very clear idea as to what your risk assess, uh, your risk tolerance is. Say if you're like me, I'm in my 50s, I would not be looking at deploying the entire sum of 100,000, say 100,000 is, is the bulk of my assets, the entire sum into some, some kind of equity investment. I probably want to do a proper um, portfolio allocation, looking at me, you know, I, I can only take maybe a drawdown of uh, five to 10% max. So a bulk of my portfolio would probably be in uh, fixed income or income-based kind of products, income-based kind of investment instruments rather than rather than equity. Equity, I could have maybe 10, 20% just to spice up uh, the return. Okay, but uh, uh, by doing a, a one-shot portfolio asset allocation, I better know my risk tolerance and my risk capability very, very well. That's in a nutshell is our method. And it depends on what you have been doing, what your state of mind currently facing a uh, very volatile and a declining market, it really depends on what method you are using. If you're dollar cost averaging, I think you should, shouldn't be bothered at all.
you just just continue to dollar cost average. But if you dollar so, cost average, right? How I mean, how, psychologically, right? How do you convince the layperson to continue throwing money into something that is losing its value, right? Because yeah, if the investor has got a time horizon of say three to six months. My advice is just keep your money in FD and, and forget about investing. If you don't have a you don't have a time horizon or investment horizon as long as a typical market market cycle, which is uh, maybe three to five years, uh, you shouldn't be involved in investment at all. Uh. Just just put your money very simply in the FD. So you look at let's say S and P five hundred the index over the last thirty years or even direct it as further. Uh, away as possible to 50 years. You you see the straight line up with certain blips in between, okay? And those blips are all the so-called the big market crashes. Whether it's the year 2000, the dot-com bubble, whether it's 2008, the subprime crisis, whether it's um, the, the, um, the oil crisis uh, in the 70s, or whether it's uh, um, the Black Monday in 1989, okay? In the bigger scheme of things, you look at it, it is just a, a small blip in that upward sloping to the right side uh, sort of sort of chart, okay? So your investor could be staring at something you buy today and tomorrow you're actually down three to 5%. But you should always zoom out and look at the big picture. If you can't even withstand a three to 5% kind of temporary uh, setback, uh, then it's, it's very, very difficult to do investment at all. So I would, my advice to them is don't look at it in the short term. You can enter today and tomorrow is down 3%. But if you hold it for another five years, okay, you could be up 30 or 300%. Okay. So um, yeah, that, that's, that, that would be my advice to them. Yeah. Mm, time horizon. That's very important. All right. And we're going to take a short break for some messages. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back. You're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense and I'm Sim Wee Boon. Today's topic is about the do's and don'ts of when you're in a volatile market. And joining me to share some thoughts on this is Steve Lim, the Chief Learning Officer at Afin Huang Asset Management. So Steve, um, I think the most common thing that we see, uh, the first thing they do is panic selling. So maybe you can talk to us about like why, how does panic selling happen and why it's a bad idea during a volatile market? Naturally, this is the, the human nature. We are, um, human beings are in the, typically we are risk-seeking in the domain of loss and risk-averse uh, in the domain of gain. When the market is going up, we can be greedy, but we are usually quite quick to take profit, okay? But when we are losing money on a downside, we tend to be very risk-seeking, as in, okay, it's already down 10%. I think tomorrow it's going to go back up. Okay, I hold it further. It's down 20%. Uh, what do I do? You know, do I sell or do I buy? Okay, and very likely, it's already 20%. I think it will, it will bounce back up. Let's hold a bit further. Let's hold a bit longer. Then 30% down. So this is what I mean by human beings are risk-seeking. I'm really losing 20% already, and, and yet I'm willing to bet that I can recover but risking losing even more. And there is this group of people, um, a deep group of investors, 
when they are staring at a 30%, 50% loss, they will just be like, okay, that is the maximum I can tolerate. I panic. I, I basically sell it. Uh, there is an investment advantage. I mean, some gurus actually mentioned, okay, if you're holding a position and you cannot sleep, or something wrong with the position, okay, let's say you have 100,000 in stocks and, and the thing keep on, keep on uh, tumbling. So you should sell it down to the level where you can sleep. Let's say if you sell it down to 50,000, your exposure is only 50,000. And with 50,000 exposed to the market, you can actually sleep very soundly and that's probably your risk tolerance for you. So you, you should always sell it down to the level that you, you can sleep. If you are panic selling at the top of the market, I think it's fine. Okay, you are just very risk averse. Any signs of uh, interest rate going up or inflation numbers going up or earnings number coming down, you panic sell and you just sell it up and, and reassess uh, the point to re-enter the market. But when you're seeing something that is, that's dropped like 50, 60, 70, 80%, uh, you panic sell, I think is only, only natural because you're looking at your investment in relation to your total wealth and you're seeing it dwindling by the day, you just want to get out, okay? Um, don't do that. You ask yourself, are you holding a portfolio of gems? Blue chips company, regardless of uh, market bull or pair, they, they, they got hit also. Or you're buying stocks or in investment instruments with a structural growth, you know, very strong structural growth story, whether bull market and bear market, this company will con continue to exist in the next five, 10 years. Okay. If this kind of stock, you just panic sell into a bear market or a very, very uh, severe crash, you are essentially handing very good stocks at a cheap price over to somebody who has got the, the longer or stronger staying power than you. On the flip side, right? is the mm. is the the FOMO that people get, right? Something is going up in value, right? You are like, oh, I better get on on this. You know, I don't want to miss out on the opportunity, right? The the few sectors, the two sectors that were very, very hot in the last, uh, in fact, uh, right after pandemic the hit, right after lockdown started. Okay, if you look at the stocks, uh, a lot of them are actually very, very attractive, attractively priced because they are still making very, very good profit. And you know, in the next wave, if there is a next wave of pandemic, uh, these stocks is going to recover very, very strongly. And they have dropped a, a good 70, 80% from the top. I mean, if I'm, I have been careful with my investment, I'm not caught in this market, I will be pushing my shopping cart you know, to, to basically pick up uh, bargains right now. So the do's in this kind of market, especially when there is a serious sell down, is to start looking at stocks that you have always wanted to buy, but it was expensive when the market was up. This is the time to pick up the cherry pick, the gems, man. I mean, discount, that discount are, sale. Yeah, at a very sharp discount, things that has uh, dropped like uh, 70, 80, 90% from the euphoria when, when it was very hot. Everybody's, even at that previous price, you know, the the half of the analyst community is calling a buy, <laughs> you know, on, on, on a sector and on, on those stocks. But right now, at a 70, 80% discount, okay, it's, it's, it's time to revisit those uh, so-called growth uh, counters. Lah. 
yeah. but you have to make sure that you have the holding power, right? You can't just go in Absolutely. and buy something. Absolutely. You see, you see discounts everywhere. Yes, it's attractive, right? You know, this blue chip that you finally wanted. But you know, mm. the, the stock that you're looking at, right? Yeah, I, I would probably construct a portfolio with uh, some stocks that I like and probably probably start looking at some funds that have been bombed out. Some fund that has got uh, a very clear investment mandate of investing in structural growth, okay? And hold it for, hold the stocks for another, the, the next three, three, five years. You know, the market is always there. The economy is always there. The sun will always rise the next uh, next morning, okay? <laughs> so you will, the market will always be there. So we just need the staying power. We need the patient. And I'm not saying that if you have 100,000, you should just plow in the market and just jump in, you know? You can always uh, uh, scale in. How do you choose to diversify your portfolio? How do you choose to kind of like spread it out? Okay, for those investors or audience who are staring at a portfolio full of red ends and you just don't like it, okay, you, it, it bothers you and all that, I think it's probably about time you look at the portfolio that you have right now. Have you been a little bit too risk-seeking? You know, when the market was up, have you been sucked into the frenzy that uh, um, you see some tech fund, you see some uh, you know energy funds or whatever that, that was doing very, very well? You just want to jump in the bandwagon without considering your own peculiar specific risk profile. Your, the risk profile in relation to your age, in relation to your family composition, in relation to your personal financial uh, position. Okay, you could be making a lot of money, but you have a lot of uh, uh, liability. You have a lot of obligations. You know, you, you bought house and you got sucked into this. Uh, you know, in the last uh, three, five, uh, I mean, five, 10 years, a lot of people got sucked into this trade. Basically, property investment now, you know, they don't buy one or two, they buy like five to 10 houses just to try to make money from uh, a property, property boom. But the property boom is over. So I've got some friends who are, who are holding something like five to 10 uh, medium, medium cost apartment and don't know what to do with it. So if you get sucked into this, this frenzy of investment, partly you're gonna blame yourself for being greedy, Partly you're going to bring yourself for not doing a proper risk assessment when the market was high and when you enter the market. I think it's about time you look at it very carefully and see, hey, the market can potentially drop further. Do you want to be that in that position? You don't want to be in another position, you probably do something about it. If your, say, equity position, equity asset allocation is like 80%, your fixed income or your income side is only 20%, and you are in your in your fifties like me. I think it's about time to look at it and adjust the uh, your equity or the, the risk on assets um, to a smaller percentage versus your the other assets that are more stable. Okay, or maybe hold some cash, or maybe put some money in property or whatever. I mean, if you are in twenties, just start working. I think you should be predominantly in equity because you are. You have got a good uh, 25, 30 years of investment horizon. You can take a lot of risk. You can, you can stomach uh, a few market cycles. If you're in your 30s or 40s, it was, you, you have got a family, you probably want to be in, in a balanced portfolio kind of situation where 50% of your assets are risk on, the other 50% you can uh, start looking at something a bit more stable, uh, income generative uh, sort of bond portfolio or income portfolio or balanced portfolio. 
then if you are in your in your 50s or nearing the retirement or are in retirement okay i think your your equity portion uh whether it's high risk equity small cap or whatever uh you should be uh, yeah you should shrink it down to something like 20 20 20 percent maximum uh unless you are naturally a gambler you just love risk <laughs> and you can take the you can take the roller coaster of of uh, market crashes and market boom then then it's fine last question what about just doing nothing and riding the wave. Some would say that that might be the safest way to kind of like come out of these uh, tough times. Okay, if the market were to, were to drop another 30%, can you take it? If the answer is yes, then it's fine. <laughs> if the answer is no, okay, I, I just, I'm staring at 50% loss and I just don't want to deal with it anymore. You know, it's of course the best time to restructure a portfolio. Is at the peak, not at, at the drop, not now, but when the market was up. So that's that's the time to do the right thing. Okay. But human beings are human beings. Huh? You see, you are you're, you just counter your human nature is intuitive, but it's counter your human nature. So naturally, when the market is very, very hot, I, I just want to squeeze a bit more, squeeze another 10, 20% or 30% out of out of the game. When the market is extremely depressed, I'm supposed to be deploying massive amount of my capital to, to pick up cheap things, okay? And I'm I'm staring at the portfolio that is like 30% down. It is very difficult to bring myself to say, wow, this, this, this particular fund or this particular stock is very cheap. Let me load it up. It's very, very difficult. It takes somebody with a lot of discipline, with a lot of uh, a very, very deep understanding of how the capital market function to have that kind of conviction. But if you look at Li Ka-shing, you look at uh, Lim Gautong, you look at all the tycoons, how do they make the money? They don't make the money in bull market, they make the money in the bear market. They are always the ones sweeping, I mean, basically mopping up all the bombed up cheap uh, equities or properties or land or whatever. And when in the, in the next upturn, when everybody has gone totally bonkers, I mean, uh, they will be the one uh, scaling back their holding of all the things that they have bought uh, when it was it was dirt cheap. All right. And that's all the time we have for today's episode of Ringgit and Sense. I've been talking to Steve Lim, the Chief Learning Officer with Afin Huang Asset Management. Join us again next week for more discussions on personal finance. We have the 10 a.m. news bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9. The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.